Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different today because um, we have a small portion of some teaching in Scripture, and then most of it is going to be discussion, because today I would really like for us to... Um, to kind of use it in a way as sort of like a brainstorming in a way, because this is an opportunity for us today to really be, uh, to decide as a family how we want to do some things. That'll make all more sense here in a few minutes. But uh, so we are in part five. Yes, that's part, that's right. Part five of our Life as a House message series. Uh, next week we will finish and then we'll move on to something else. Um, but Life as a House, part five. Um, what we're, what we've been doing is we're talking about God's house and what God's house is like. We've talked about how uh, in the scriptures we see it's been a lot of different spaces. It was a tent, and then it moved into a physical space like a temple. Uh, And then when Jesus came, the Holy Spirit lives within each of us. And because of that, we are now the temple of God, the body of God, the, the house of God. And then as the church is called the body of Christ, the church is like what all of us are together in the kingdom of God and us advancing that. And so we've been talking about the different rooms in that house and what it looks like. We talked about the living room being about connection and belonging, right? That's about fellowship. We talked about the bedroom being about intimacy and depth. It's like discipleship and growth in our relationship with God, but our relationship with each other as well. And last week, we talked about the kitchen which is about uh, participation and responsibility. This is about ministry, right? About serving. It's about uh, actually working with our hands to take care of the house, but also um, to serve Christ and everything that we do in our lives. Well, today we're going to talk about what's outside of the house, and we're calling that the backyard and beyond. The backyard and beyond. The backyard is one of my favorite parts of the house, um, because of all the things that happen in the backyard. I, there's a lot of things that happen back there. Um, you have parties. In fact, we just had a couple friends over this past Friday night, and we had a, a campfire back there. We have birthday parties, right? You have cookouts in your backyard. You have bonfires in your backyard. But you also do things like gardening in your backyard, you, maybe maintenance of things. You can you know, spray paint your door if you're trying to redo that or make decorations. You need a space to be able to work with some tools or maybe on your car, make some repairs on things, right? The backyard is a versatile space. Um, and so if the inside rooms of our house are about the work of the gospel in our lives, right? So that's relational connection and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us and challenge us and grow in intimacy with God and, and challenging that from for ourselves. Well, the backyard reflects our responsibility to the world around us and the people in it. So the inside of the house is like our family, but the backyard is like the transition space. And then beyond that is the space where people live that God cares about and wants to engage with the gospel as well. And so our backyard represents our neighborhood. It represents our city as a whole. It represents our nation, but it also represents our world. So the backyard, in that sense, you know, we're going to call it backyard and beyond. But when we say the word backyard, what we're talking about is anything that's outside of the church, outside of the family itself, and what our responsibility is to it. So just like we have responsibility to take care of the yards in our homes, right? You got to mow the lawn, you got to you know upkeep your garden, got to weed it out, and those kinds of things. As members of God's family, we have the responsibility to also take care of the backyard of God's house. And so, what does it mean to take care of the backyard of God's house? What I want to do is I want to read three 
passages of scripture. I want to make a couple quick observations and then we're just going to talk about it and come up with some ideas because this is going to turn into really practical uh, aspects for us to begin doing as a church family. So I want to read a few things about what does it mean to take care of God's house. Well, if you guys have a Bible or your smartphones, your tablets, go ahead and open them up to Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. Galatians 5.14, this is in the New Testament. This is a letter um, that was written to Galatia, which was in Turkey. Uh, The Apostle Paul was writing this to the people there in that whole region. And he's saying in Galatians 5, verse 14, it says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. And actually, as I was looking this up um, all throughout the week, that word, that phrase, love your neighbor as yourself, is actually all over the Bible. It comes from the Old Testament, where, um, where when God was giving the law to his people, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength, and love, the Lord, love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus was asked later on, right, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart. He repeated it and he said, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says what Paul just said right here, the whole law is summed up or fulfilled in this one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. So you can see the backyard is a place where you intersect with your neighbors, right? When I go outside and I'm sitting outside um, doing gardening work, mowing the lawn, oftentimes I see my neighbor Patrick, or I'll see my neighbor Stan and, and Steve, or I'll see Sarah and Patrick, you know, and I see them, or across the street. When we go outside, we see our neighbors, and we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. So part of what it means to take care of your backyard is to love your neighbors. So we need to figure out what that looks like. Let's go to the Old Testament. This is a really cool verse in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7. Jeremiah 29, verse 7, which is funny because this is, when everyone hears the word Jeremiah 29, they often think of Jeremiah 29, 11, which is uh, the, um, the one about prospering. Well, this is before that, okay? Jeremiah 29, 11, and what's happening here is that the uh, Israelites have been taken captive. Their land was invaded uh, because of disobedience to the Lord, and they were exiled into Babylon and into Syria, um, and they were living in a land they didn't know. And they had lost everything. Their temple was destroyed. That place, right, that we're talking about, God's house was destroyed. They were now under the rule and reign of a foreign power, foreign gods. They had to live completely different lifestyles. And this is what Jeremiah says, God speaking to his people through Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah 29, 7 says, Pursue the well-being of the city that I've deported you to. Wow, that's interesting. Pursue the well-being of the city I've deported you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for when it thrives, you will thrive. I, I love this verse. I love this verse because it's such a clear um, statement to the people of God, right? Who find themselves in a place where they don't feel like they belong or where they don't feel like it um, is, is aligned with their values. And I don't know if you're like me, have you ever felt like, You know, like the people around you don't live by the same values that you do. Um, And it's hard to keep your lifestyle. It's hard to keep your values of of honoring God and treating people with respect and and being kind and and loving people and forgiveness, right? I mean, um, just this week, we we saw this uh, interesting case where um, 
this interesting case where a police officer woman uh, shot and killed a uh, a man in his home, an African American man in his home, and he was convicted of of that of that murder and was sentenced to ten year in prison. And the son of uh, or the the brother of that murdered individual um, gave a hug to the to the defendant and said that he forgives her and that he loves her. And we, it's come out that he's a Christ follower. And the interesting thing is that the all over the news and and all over the place, you know, everyone kind of um, generally says, "Wow, look at this! This is amazing!" Um, you know, and they understand that it's a good thing, right? Like m- m- most people say, "This is that's beautiful. What a beautiful sentiment!" And yet there are people who are angry and upset about it for sometimes different reasons. But but it's such a jarring concept that the values that we live by are rare. In the world that we live in, most people would not do that, that it's so foreign to do that. But here's what's happening in Jeremiah is that God is telling his people to pursue the well-being of the city they live in, even though it doesn't align. And that's interesting because that means that we have a responsibility not only to love our neighbor, not only the person who lives next to us that we maybe have a relationship with, but there is, we should work and pray for our city and be involved in our city in ways that make it succeed, regardless of whether or not they know Jesus or not, because it says, pray to the Lord on its behalf for when it thrives, you thrive. That's really interesting. So that's another one. So not only do we love our neighbor as yourself, but also pursue the well-being of the city. And then Luke chapter 14 Luke chapter 14 in the New Testament, um, this is Jesus giving a parable about the kingdom, the party. Verse 21 to 23, Luke 14, verses 21 to 23, what had happened here is that he told a story about a man, a great rich man who throws a banquet. And this is like the same thing we talked about last week, the banquet table, the feast, right? Like God is inviting everyone, come on into the party, come into the party, come in. I'm having a feast for salvation and grace and mercy, and it's beautiful, it's wonderful. And this is what he said. In the beginning, these people, a lot of people didn't want to come. The original guests didn't want to come. And this is reflecting that the people of Israel, the Jewish people who originally rejected Jesus. And then it says in verse 21 to 23, So the servant came back and reported these things to the master. Then in anger, the master of his house told his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the blind, and the lame. Master, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done. So he went out and he got all of the the poor and the maimed and the blind and the lame. And there's still room. There's more people, more room for people. Then the master told the servant, go out into the highways and into the hedges and make them come in so that my house may be filled. So we see here is not only are we called to love our neighbor like ourselves, not only are we to pursue the well-being of our city, but we are actually called specifically to go the distance, to go into the alleys, which is like behind things, to go into the hedges, to go all across the nations, to go to neighborhoods we wouldn't normally go to, to find and invite anybody in who will listen, who wants to be a part of the feast that we have been so graciously invited to. And so we see these three, right? What does it mean to take care of the backyard of God's house, right? We know that the backyard is our neighborhood. We know that it's our city. We know that it's our nation. We know that it's the whole world. 
and that the gospel is to transform us, but that God also wants to do the same. He wants other people to know it, and then we know that it's our responsibility. So, at Encounter Church, how do we take care of our backyard? Like, that's if this is God's house, wherever we find ourselves is God's house, how do we take care of our backyard? Here are a couple thoughts that I have, and then we're going to discuss this together. I think that as we had talked about, the living room is is about um, conversation and belonging, right? And our and the bedroom is about intimacy and depth, and the kitchen is about participation and responsibility. Well, the backyard is about conversation. It's about invitation, and it's about involvement. It's about conversation with people. Right? It's creating spaces for conversation for people to know that there is a feast that's taking place at all. It's about invitation. It's about creating those spaces, whether it's in conversation or in other environments, to invite, taking the moment to say, come, come, come out and check it out. It's also about involvement. It's about being in our backyard. It's about being in our neighbor's backyard. It's about being in the city's backyard and, and being involved in those places. Conversation, invitation, and involvement. And I thought about the table, that last passage that we read about with the, the feast, right? That idea. And I think it's about inviting people to the table. That's really what we're here to do in terms of, in terms of eating at the table and inviting people to it. That's about the simplest way you could possibly describe what the gospel is about, right? If the gospel message is about sitting at the table with Jesus and eating and partaking with him, then the gospel is about sitting at the table and then inviting other people to it. And so that means introducing people to Jesus and inviting them to come and see for themselves. And I think a lot of times we feel like there's a lot of pressure on our shoulders to want to like save our friends. Like we want our friends to know Jesus. We want our friends to to experience forgiveness and and grace, right? We want them to experience the restoration that comes in in great wonderful relationships with each other, but also in a in the Holy Spirit moments when God really begins to work on our soul. We want our friends and our family, our coworkers and neighbors. We want them to experience that, but we oftentimes feel I don't know how to do that, or I feel uncomfortable, or or you maybe feel like I at a moment that comes where the right moment opens for you to say something, you feel like you have to like lead them to a salvation moment in that, and that's not what we're saying. Really, what we're saying is we need to create a space for, for consistently for people to be able to to where we can invite them to say, "Come and see, come and see." This is actually what Jesus did. Um, there was a passage in the New Testament where, where some men were coming to follow Jesus. And Jesus, they said, where are you going, Jesus? And he said, come and see. And they kind of were curious, and they just went and followed him around, right? And then they hung around enough to where they saw for themselves. And then they kept hanging around and kept, and then they, they became disciples and apostles themselves. And that's kind of the idea that we want here. We want to create a space for people, for us to invite our friends or to invite our family members or invite our neighbors or coworkers or whatever that might be, to invite them to just come and see, just come and see, and then create spaces for them to just hang around with us. And I believe, I just know it, we've seen it over and over again, the more people spend time with a healthy, wholesome um, place where the people of God are, it's attractive. People want to be connected to it. Maybe for the beginning, just because they have relationships with people that they can't find anywhere else. But over time, Holy Spirit begins to, to, to work on them and they begin to be hungry for something else. That's what we're doing. And how we take care of our backyard is also about serving our city. It's about 
It's about saying, you know, we are here to, on the behalf of, to pursue the benefit of our city. So that's what we want to talk about now. So that's really all I had prepared today. What I wanted to do was just kind of take um, the remaining time today and just talk about what that actually would look like for us. And I think it's important for us as a family here because we're going to be the ones to go and do that, right? We're asking, as a church family, we're asking each of us as individuals to have conversations. We're asking each of us to make invitations, and we're asking each of us to be involved in our backyard. So I would love to just talk about what that would look like, have ideas, you know. We don't have anything written in stone. We've tried a lot of different things. We've done a lot of things. We've done some things consistently, and others have been not. Um, And so what I want to do is just kind of take this time to first get your thoughts maybe about you know, the passages we talked about, any thoughts about that? And then actually what I'd like to, by the end of the time today, I'd like to have some ideas that we all kind of collectively think would be good ideas for us to to do that. How can we create spaces for conversations? How can we create spaces for imitation? And how can we uh, be involved in our city? So what thoughts do we have? What are some initial thoughts about this? We talked about the inside of the house. Now we're talking about the outside. Any thoughts? Reactions? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home, or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.